Welcome to Counterthought, a podcast conserving America's freedom, culture, and values. This is Brian Kletter, the creator and host of the podcast. You can engage with the podcast on Instagram at counter underscore thought or at Counterthought CEO and on our Facebook page, Counterthought Podcast. For audio versions of the podcast, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. And for video versions of the podcast, join us on YouTube at the Counterthought channel. Let's go. Welcome to Counterthought. In honor of Women's History Month and the beginning of the NCAA Swimming and Diving National Championships and the NCAA Women's Basketball Tournament, I want to talk to you about transgender female athletes playing in biological female sports. Now, the most popular transgender female athlete over this past year, year and a half, has been Leah Thomas from the University of Pennsylvania, also known as UPenn. Leah's background was three years on the men's swimming team and then declared himself a female and has been swimming on the women's team for this past year. Now you may think, okay, if you haven't heard of Leah, let me catch you up. So Leah was ranked about 400th nationally when she was on the men's team. Transition to the women's team setting all kinds of records, and not just school records, national records, all-time records. And now at the NCAA Swimming and Diving Championships starting this week, in which she is able to compete, and I'll talk more about that in a little bit, she has the chance to become a national champion, national women's champion, as a biological male. And you may be thinking, Why is this guy talking about female sports? What does he know about female sports? That's a great question. So here's where I'm coming from. My background when I was in college, I was a sport management major. I worked various jobs. And one of the jobs I had was as a video coordinator for the women's basketball team at the University of Florida. I worked with that team for two years, two years under head coach, Amanda Butler, the 07, 08 and the 08, 09 season and transgender, transgenders, male or female was not a thing then. But what I did see over those two seasons is the countless hours and effort working out in the gym, shooting practices scrimmages, traveling for games, watching film that these girls completed each and every single day, every single week, every single season to be at their best. And to think that as a society, about 40% don't see anything wrong with transgender female athletes participating in but with along with biological females is absurd to me only 40% only 60% I'm sorry only 60% think that there is something wrong with that I'm also coming from 
from beyond just working with the women's basketball team at the University of Florida for those two seasons. I'm coming from a personal standpoint as well as an uncle. I have six nieces, six. One of them just completed her first season playing basketball for her middle school. And as an uncle, I know I'm not their father. But as an uncle, there is no way that I am going to let, potentially in the future, a transgender female, which is a biological male, saying they are now a man, or now a female, no way I'm going to let them take, potentially take the spot of one of my nieces. That is not happening. I will be vocal about it if that ever does, if that situation does arise. I hope my brother-in-laws would also be vocal about that and also my brother. But as an uncle to six nieces, paired along with the effort that I just mentioned that I saw in the women's basketball players for those two seasons, into the testimonies that I have read regarding the, the biological females that have had to endure their spot being taken by a biological male who has transitioned to be a female, the heartbreak that they must feel, knowing that everything they've worked up to, everything that has been fought for, this is Women's History Month. We're talking Title IX. Title IX back in 1975 was applied to schools. Title IX, the purpose of it for women's sports was to make sure that women's sports were treated equally to the male sports because they hadn't been up until that time. There are multiple ways that they can be treated equally. It's, one of them is like the number, same number of athletes, same number of uh, amenities, and so on and so forth. And to fight for that long. That's why I want to know where are the feminists? Where are you? All those years, those hundreds of years that you fought for equality with a male and still claim that you're fighting for today, especially when it comes to the gender pay gap, where are you now? You should be yelling from the rooftops saying, transgender females do not belong on the playing field with biological females. But the problem is, is that, as I mentioned in my progressivism episode, which I think was around episode 36, 37, the problem with modern day progressivism, this fatal flaw is that instead of progressing to become better, progress today is just seen as moving forward. And what has happened is the feminist movement has gone so far forward that they are, have already fallen off of the cliff. Hundreds of years fighting for equal rights for biological women. And you're just casting that aside. Telling these girls that, yes, there are biological differences between a male and a female. And that doesn't matter. Oh, but, but Brian, these, these, these men, these boys, they're, they're taking uh, testosterone and estrogen treatments and all this stuff. It's, it's no big deal. Have you looked at the data? Have you looked at the results? Because I have. There's a huge difference when this 
um, transition occurs after puberty, which is a whole nother issue whenever it comes to transitioning before puberty and before you're even an adult, but we're not going to talk about that in this episode. It's shocking. Only 60% of Americans in a poll conducted late last year think that transgender females should be separated from biological females in sport. You may have seen uh, news stories about a track athlete or a couple track athletes in high school up in um, Connecticut, I believe it was, yeah, in Connecticut, going through a lawsuit and and all of that. You may have heard another story just reading news articles online or on your phone. The biggest one, like I said, when I started off was Leah Thomas. Leah Thomas is going to be able to set all-time records that a woman will never, a biological woman, woman will never be able to meet. I mean... She has, Leah Thomas has been so dominant that there have now been reports that Leah Thomas just kind of throws in the towel and just coasts to make it look like, to basically um, make it seem as if the performance difference is not that vast. But it is that vast. I think one of the first races this past, this season or this current season, late 2021 for Leah Thomas, she finished about 27 seconds ahead of the second place finisher with biological female like 27 seconds if you've ever watched swimming that is that is not normal we're talking about long distance swims maybe four seconds five seconds short distance we're talking split seconds 27 seconds in in like an 800 meter medley or something like that no it is a proven fact physiologically that biological men have more fast twitch muscles, have higher VO2, VO2 max, which is the air you breathe in. All of these phys- physiological um, just, just bigger, faster, stronger. That's how God designed us. And then just to try to act like that that doesn't matter because someone is going on estrogen treatments, and that's that's what these sports organizations are trying to say to to save face instead of instead of just saying hey transgender female athletes you need to have a league of your own they're trying to fit them in so you have the NCAA the NCAA is the governing body for collegiate sports right they can they set the rules they had an opportunity to do that they failed they're a bunch of cowards all they did was they took this long look and conducted this study and these meetings and so on and so forth and updated their rules regarding transgender policy because there was an outcry that it's out of out of date and is just too generic. It's too generic, they say. So what did the NCAA do? All they did was they punted the decision to the governing body of each individual sport. And if there is no governing body for that individual sport, then it goes to the next level. And ultimately, the, I think the second or third level is the IOC, the International Olympic Committee, and whatever rules are in place by the IOC for that sport. So for 2021-2022, this season, like with, for the Leah Thomas story, the reason why Leah Thomas is able to compete 
in these NCAA swimming and diving championships is because the NCAA's new rules for swimming and diving don't go into effect until next season because they didn't want to change the rules mid-season. But starting next year, the NCAA threshold for testosterone will move from 10 NMOL per liter to 5. And it's going to mirror uh, the IOC, which is 5 for 36 continuous months. So if that was applied this year, Leah Thomas wouldn't be able to do what Leah Thomas is doing, breaking all these records. But they didn't want to change the rules. And like I said, they punted the decision to these other governing bodies. But where are the famous athletes against this? Where are the coaches? Why haven't coaches spoken out? Are there so many coaches within high school sports, college sports, pro sports that have a transgender female athlete on their team? No. No. Maybe they're scared of their, from their administrators, like the presidents of the universities or the athletic directors at their university. Maybe the superintendent of their school board. Maybe the commissioner of <clears throat> the professional leagues. But none of them are speaking out. There is <laughs> The only one I've really heard of uh, from a coach coaching level is at Rice University, a small private, smallish private school in Houston, Texas. Where, where, where are the big colleges? Where are those coaches? So far, I have a quick list here for you. Here are the, the, here's the list of popular athletes that have spoken out. Brett Favre. He's been retired for I believe 10 years now. Michael Phelps, swimming, big time, all-time Olympic gold medalist, men's male swimmer. He doesn't think it's fair. Caitlyn Jenner, who used to be Bruce Jenner. Bruce Jenner, of all people, should know what this is like, Caitlyn Jenner. Bruce Jenner won the decathlon in the 1970s at the Olympics. And then a few years ago, transitioned to become Caitlyn Jenner. And during... Caitlyn Jenner's uh, bid to replace Gavin Newsom in the as the governor of California this past year. That is when Caitlyn Jenner said, "Yeah, like this is this is unfair. I wouldn't stand for this." Martina Navratilova, former tennis star, against it. Paula Radcliffe, former three-time London Marathon winner. Kelly Holmes, former two-time Olympic gold medalist. Sharon Davies, former Olympic swimmer. And Chelsea Mitchell, Mitchell, she's the high schooler from Connecticut that sued the Connecticut school board. That's that's not a great list. I mean, did you notice anything with all those all those athletes? I think I rattled off ten of them, and only one, 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 only one currently is a current athlete, Chelsea Mitchell. At, at, I believe, William and Mary running track. But where where are the Candace Parkers? Where's the Megan Rapinos? Where is the are the tennis stars? Well, I found Candace Parker. Candace Parker is on Team Transgender Female. So is Megan Rapino. 
So is Billie Jean King. Yes, legacy, but still an influencer within women's tennis. They are on teams tra tra transgender female athlete. And they say, oh, it's, it's about equality. Like, this is no big deal. Well, have you noticed that Candace Parker, she's coming to the end of her career. She's made her money. She is not at risk. She plays women's basketball. She's not at risk. No male has transitioned to become a female and entered into the WNBA. Could you imagine, though? I found this article. I found this article that listed like the 30, the 30 transgender athletes, transgender female and transgender male that have competed in college, you know. And in every instance where it was a male, transgender female, so male transitioning to a female, they did compete after the transition. But every instance where it was a biological female transitioning to a biologic to a transgender male, you know, tr going up the ladder, let's say, as far as competition goes, and like I said, physiological traits and, and everything else, they either came out and transitioned after they were done with their collegiate career, or they did not compete the following year after they said they were going to transition. Huh. Why would that be? Oh, I, that would be because they know themselves that a biological female, even though you are trying to transition to become a male, can't compete at the level of biological men. This is a known fact. But could you imagine if the top NBA players or even the top collegiate basketball players said, oh, no, no, you know, I'm going to I'm going to play with lesser competition and I'm going to dominate the WNBA. Or I'm going to dominate tennis, dominate volleyball, dominate swimming. No. And why? Because the top athletes are wired for competition the top male athletes, biological male athletes, they're wired for competition. And what they know and what they would prefer is if they did want to transition and become a woman, they do not want to compete at the women's level because that is not competitive for them. They don't want to go out and score 50 points a night, win sets 6-0, 6-0, dominate the swimming pool like Leah Thomas. Which is why what she is doing is ridiculous, ridiculous, and I feel for her teammates. Reports are that they are timid to say anything because the university has come out to support Leah Thomas. The conference, the Ivy League, decided to still let Leah compete in the championships. And the NCAA is deciding to allow Leah Thomas to compete in their championships. But the competitive drive within these biological male athletes is why they don't want to ever, if they do transition, they don't want to compete as a female because there's no competition. And I guarantee you, if a biological male ever did do that, especially at the professional level, there would be an uproar. That's when you would hear the feminists.
that's when you would hear the feminists. They'd come out yelling, hey, 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 we can't do that. No, 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 no. There's no way. There's no way LeBron James can come out and average 100 points a night. That is not fair. Look at that. Oppression. Oppression. Women's rights. Yeah, trans rights. Women's rights. Female rights. Everybody's rights. No, that is not allowed. We know that to be true. We know that to be true. But if you look at high school athletics, and now it's trickling more in with college, it's allowed for, for a male to come, to come up as a transgender female and compete, <clears throat> to take spots away from these biological women. And don't think that it's going to stop here. If this continues to be allowed, and like I said, I'm not saying that transgender females or transgender males do not get to play sports. That is, that is not what I'm saying. What I'm saying, what I'm advocating for, my solution to this issue is there needs to be a league of their own. There needs to be a league of their own. There is an organization called the Women's Sports Policy Working Group. <clears throat> they say that the issue that they're tackling is that Girl and women's competitive sport need safeguards and trans girl women need to be included with appropriate conditions. So what they're advocating for is that transgender males or females need to, those conditions that they're talking about is the testosterone or estrogen level within their body, which goes back to like I was talking about with the IOC and their standards and the NCAA punting to the governing bodies and and so on and so forth, like the ratio of testosterone and estrogen in the body and the number of months that have passed since starting those treatments and so on and so forth and maintaining that level. But I'm not saying that. Because results have shown that even if your testosterone or your estrogen is at the right level, that you can still dominate, especially the transgender females. The transgender females, they can dominate. So nationally, this has been a hot topic too. States have gotten into this action. States trying to, you know, protect their public schools, their their high schools, their colleges. Ten states require males and females to participate in high school sports according to their biological sex. Seventeen states in the District of Columbia require trans females to play with biological females in sport regardless of testosterone levels. 17 other states have adopted a policy similar to the NCAA, which allows trans, transgender females, trans girls to participate in their sport with the biological girls, biological females, as long as they meet those hormones for at least a year. And then six states have no policy whatsoever. And there's been a big uproar about this again. The argument, the argument from those that support transgender females playing in the sports with biological females, this is their argument. And if you follow me on Instagram, you saw this. I posted this on Tuesday. Don't be fooled. The argument of those that support transgender females playing with biological females is this. The key term that they keep saying is 
This is about equality. Equality, equality, equality. This is only about equality. We would like people, regardless of how they identify, to be able to participate in sports and to get the benefit of sports. But don't be fooled. Don't be fooled. Because this issue is not about equality. It's not about equality. Because if you wanted equality, then you could say that biological females shouldn't be separated from biological males. If you wanted equality, because you're saying there needs to be equality so there is not a separate league set up for transgender female athletes and a separate league for transgender male athletes and then the separate leagues that exist right now for men's and women's athletics. You're not advocating for that. So it's not about equality. What this is really about is about fairness. If you support biological girls, biological women to be able to participate and not have to participate against a boy who is transitioning to a girl, then you support fairness. That is the same thing women fought for when Title IX was ultimately created and passed into law by the Congress in 1972 and then applied, implemented within schools in 1975. It was about fairness. There had to be separate women's leagues, separate women's sports from male sports because females could not compete against the males. That's how we are designed. That's how we are physiologically designed. And because of fairness, women wanted to have equal access to athletics just like males do. But that's different equality from what the advocates of transgender females participating in girl athletics are saying. They want equality because they're looking for representation. But it is not the same because a transgender female is a biological male. And it is documented and shown that even through the transition, they, especially the later on in life, the longer it has been since the biological male has gone through puberty, their bone structure, their muscle mass, all of these things, they are still performing at levels above the biological females. So don't be fooled by the equality argument. If you are an advocate for biological females participating against other biological females, then what you support is fairness, and that is what you should support. And again, I have six nieces. One of them just started or just completed their first year of middle school girls basketball. And she has learned so much from that experience, so much from that experience. And told me just the other week that the next sport she wants to participate in is track. Sprinting. Sprinting is fast twitch muscles. Who has more fast twitch muscles? Men have more fast twitch muscles. Men can develop more muscle mass. So I am standing up for my six nieces and all the other girls everywhere, just like you should be standing up for your daughters, your sisters, your nieces, your granddaughters, your great-granddaughters, your goddaughters. This isn't going to stop here. 
this equity and equality movement, especially with um, when it comes to transgender, is going all throughout and permeating all throughout society. We're seeing it within the corporate world when it comes to meeting diversity quotas and so on and so forth. More men, more men, more women, more everyone, more of America needs to speak out against this and not be so short-sighted. See the big picture. If you truly care about women's rights, you would be where I am, which is transgender females need their own league. Transgender males will need their own league. That is fairness. Don't be duped by this equality argument. It is not about equality. Transgender females participating as biological females is not equality. They are taking the spots, ripping away the hard work and the effort that was put in from these biological girls to make it to the point where they are competing. I remember listening and watching some of the interviews that leading up to my preparation for this episode. And these girls talking about they're getting ready to run a track meet or do a swim meet or, or a different sport. And once they found out prior to their actual race, prior to their competition, that there was going to be a transgender girl participating, they were defeated. Psychologically defeated because they know. And as more and more events like this occur, the data shows they knew that they no longer stood a chance. They no longer had a chance of winning. The best they could do is second place. And if you're competing for scholarships to have a full ride to a university to get a four-year education, second place might not get you that scholarship. First place would. A state championship would. But second place, not necessarily. So I hope you will give this my stance some consideration. I'm not saying transgender females and transgender males should not be participating in sports. They need just to, they just need to be in their own league competing against one another. Stand up for the e stand stand up for fairness. This is Women's History Month. Think of the history of women in this country. Think about everything that they fought for, that they advocated for, that has been attained. And then now being okay, 40% of America being okay with a man in disguise coming in and taking away those rights, that fairness, that equality that they fought so hard for, 45 to 50 years later, that's just not right. So speak out in support of biological girls playing against biological girls. I cannot imagine the pressure some of these girls are under to, to speak out against a teammate of theirs. Worried about everything that's going to come down upon them if they do. So you might need to be the one to be brave. And your bravery, your boldness can empower these girls who are in the fight right now, in that competition right now, to speak out and be brave and bold themselves. 
Thank you for listening to Counterthought, a podcast conserving America's freedom, culture, and values. Remember to subscribe and like or rate the podcast on your podcast app or on YouTube and engage with the podcast on Instagram at counter underscore thought at counterthought CEO or on Facebook at counterthought podcast.